it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to Pacific Point of View. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Colt Almodova. And we are here on our week three episode of Pacific Point of View. Great to be back in the studio. Uh, excited to be back. I know these two guys are as well. Um, but let's just get it started. Another chaotic week in the Pac-12. Uh, what surprised you guys the most from week two? Oh man, I mean this... If we thought week one was crazy, this is possibly the craziest week I've ever seen. Stanford, we thought was dead in the water. They just got blown oh out my. by Kansas State in week number one. And then they turn around and beat, I believe it was the 15th ranked USC Trojans, who were the consensus Pac-12 South favorite. Tanner McKee, who just won the starting job over Jack West, balled out, had a great game. Yeah. Completely outplayed Keaton Slovis, who threw a very costly pick six to... Caillou Blue Kelly, one of my favorite names in the Pac-12 so far. That was in the third quarter. And it, the whole thing just got off to a bad start for USC. Their kicker Agreed. got ejected for targeting <laughs> on the first on the opening kickoff. That doesn't I mean, happen often. No, just a terrible open, omen. And in typical USC fashion, after an embarrassing early season loss, their coach gets fired before their season really even uh, gets underway. How many times, like coaches in a row now, is that that have been fired midseason? Because that was uh, two of their two of their last three. Wow. Yeah. Just not fun. Not good things happening to USC. Yeah, not at all. So I just think the the nature of that game and of course the result really surprised me. All right, Colt, what you got, guys? What happened to Florida State? I mean, last weekend it looks like you know they could beat Notre Dame, who's ranked really high in the polls. Mackenzie Milton comes in, looks like you know the superhero that he is, and then this week. <laughs> Jacksonville State walks in and beats them. I mean, what's going on yeah. down down in uh, uh, at Florida State? This is not good. Milton Tallahassee, right? That's where they Tallahassee. Play? Yeah, yeah, Tallahassee. I, was, yeah. I almost said Gainesville. Uh, <laughs> don't don't get mad at me. Uh, Milton, 133 passing yards, a touchdown, and a pick. But I don't Did even he start know. again for them? Yes, uh, but like all I, I saw know, was the score. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why this game was even close. I mean, Jacksonville State lost 31 to nothing to UAB in Week One. And Florida State looked like a team that could be, you know, semi-legit this year. I guess we were wrong. Yeah, you know, I they were close against Notre Dame, but then Notre Dame almost lost to Toledo this last week. So really, you Good can't point. you can't tell anything uh, from week to week. You're, both of your guys' surprises tied into mine, which is uh, 
Texas, Florida State, and USC. Three teams that are premier programs. Three teams that after the first few weeks of the season or the first week of the season, they looked like they could potentially be good. Texas whipped up on a Louisiana team. Florida State took Notre Dame to the wire. USC had a dominant, eh, semi-dominant win over San Jose State. It's a solid team, and they had high expectations. All three of them losing in, in the most embarrassing fashion possible in this week. And Texas, about to go to the SEC, loses to arguably a bottom-half SEC team. Florida State loses to an FCS team who they were clearly better than. They clearly outperformed, but it comes down to the last play. They choke, and then USC, what what on earth was that? Stanford, a team that has had nothing going for the last year and a half, just comes out and clowns them on the field. Uh, just hilarious that these three teams are not only not back, but they're not even good. Yeah, I mean, it. what was it, 42 points for Stanford? I, I feel like they haven't scored over... They haven't sniffed 30 points in almost three years, I feel like. Yeah. And just the way they were able to run the ball up and down the field. And, yeah, I didn't even get into the other games. Florida State, what a, what a mess. It just seems like no matter what they do, it just never is the right thing. <laughs> it's It's been a really bad spell of luck down there. Willie Taggart era flamed out. Mike Norvella era not off to a great start. The Jimbo Fisher era fell apart at the end. And then the other school was Texas and... They hired Steve Sarkeesian, who was at USC, yeah, and did nothing there. So a, a bit of a peculiar, peculiar hire for the Longhorns. I wasn't a big fan of that one, but that's for another time. Guys, the parody of college football strikes once again. Yeah, exactly. So we'll get more about USC definitely later as the show goes on. But let's talk about who was eating their Wheaties and then who was eating their Fruit Loops in the Pac-12 this week. Cole, who was eating their Wheaties? Who was performing the best? Okay, anytime I get a chance to plug a Hawaii guy, I will. And so this week, I will do it again. Jaden Delora, 21 <laughs> of 29, uh, 303 passing yards, three touchdowns, <laughs> and one pick in a 44-24 win over Portland State for Washington State. Uh, Jaden Delora looked good. I mean, he should have gotten the start last week uh, against Utah State. And look at this. Rolo and the Hawaiians, they finally got a W. <laughs> Hayden, what was, uh, what was your weedy boy for the week? I'm going to go with C.J. Verdell, who I feel like has been at Oregon for 100 years. He rushed for 161 yards on 20 carries, two touchdowns, and was an integral part of Oregon's 35-28 upset win in the horseshoe against I'm, Ohio State. I'm surprised State. none of us mentioned that as a surprise because that, that is like the most marquee win that the Pac-12 has had in, in years. Yeah, and it just... It really surprised me. I, I didn't see it coming in the offseason. I thought Ohio State was just going to obliterate Oregon. But you kind of just had the feeling Ohio State didn't look great against Minnesota week one. And their defense looked very shaky, to say the least, against the Ducks. And Oregon exposed them. Yeah, back-to-back -back huge wins for UCLA and Oregon over LSU and Ohio State. I had, uh, That was half the playoff last year couple years, right? Yeah. Two years ago, 2019. <laughs> exactly. So Playoffs. maybe to, to, to uh, Jim Mora. Um, but anyways, Tanner McKee was my guy from Stanford. 16 to 23, 234, two touchdowns. We already spoke about him a little bit. Uh, very impressive performance from him, showing why he won the job. Uh, but as far as uh, eating your Wheaties, you know, you've got guys who are, who are making the right decisions, right? Eating their Wheaties. But for every guy that eats their Wheaties in the morning, there's a guy that on that particular Saturday makes a poor decision and, and opts to eat his Fruit Loops instead. And as we know, Fruit Loops very sugary, very very slowing. Uh, who was eating their Fruit Loops this week, Hayden? So mine, it's it's a tandem of guys. I'm going to go with U of A's quarterbacks, Gunnar Cruz and Will Plummer. They combined to go 18 of 36 for 179 yards. Oh. Not not great, and that's between the two of them. 
And that's against San Diego State. Against San Diego State, two touchdowns, which were a little bit fluky, and then a, an interception from Gunnar Cruz. He got sat halfway through the game. And, yeah, that was an embarrassing loss. They got blown out. It was 38-7 late. Then they scored a garbage-time touchdown to bring it up to 38-14. And, man, the situation out there just looks totally bleak right now. And Agreed. I'm here for it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. You, Arizona, is crumbling. Cole, who was eating their Fruit Loops this week? You know, I had Gunner Cruz as well, but I just want to speak to the entire uh, you know, program of U of A. Uh, they have now <laughs> lost 14 in a row. Okay, I don't know what the entire city of Tucson is eating for breakfast every morning, but it hasn't been good the past, what is this, three seasons. So stop eating your Fruit Loops. You know, get out of that aisle, okay? Go get some pancakes. Go, go get some waffles. Go get something different because whatever you're eating for breakfast is not working. Go get some Special K with berries. Of course. Uh, yeah, no pity for the kitty. You love to see it. Uh, mine was the USC defense. Uh, USC, you've heard nothing but... Great things about this defense all offseason. You've got Drake Jackson. You've got that other guy with a really long Polynesian name. I can't remember his last name. Cole, do you, you're looking at me like you know what it is. I have no idea who you're talking okay. about. Well, they, they've got, they've you said got the some, word Polynesian yeah, and yeah. my eyes lit up. <laughs> they've got some absolute goons on this defense, and they had zero sacks versus Stanford, a team that has had horrible offensive line play the past few times we've seen them. And Kansas State had four. So when a team as talented as USC can't get a sack and teams like Kansas State are getting four sacks against the same O-line one week before, that's pathetic. So uh, USC defense ate their Fruit Loops. Very disappointing from them. Disappointing from USC as a whole, and that's why Clay Helton is out. So back to the big picture. Let's talk nationally. First thing, I realized we, we hadn't touched on it, um, and I think I believe it became official. Um, invitations were extended this last week to Central Florida, BYU, Cincinnati, and Houston to join the Big 12. What are your guys' thoughts, initial impressions on that? I think in terms of the play on the field, this is this is good for the Big 12. You're picking off Cincy and UCF, two of the best group of five schools. Houston, not quite at that level right now, but they've been there historically and they play in a big market. And then BYU, who's obviously you know, was at one point a blue blood and, and they've just been a solid program for years. But yeah. something that irritates me, and this isn't Hayden's <laughs> haters necessarily. We'll get there later. <laughs> but I I just I really like conferences to be based on geography. And this just annoys me that uh, a team from Utah and West Virginia are in the same conference. Does Agreed. I, I yeah. agree one hundred percent. Whenever I'm playing NCAA fourteen, which which is often Colt can attest to <laughs> every to single it. night. I, I've got to reorganize them based on geography because some things just don't make sense. And the the American conference was is is one of the worst offenders of that, but th it'll get slightly better. They have teams in Florida, they have teams in Oklahoma, they have teams way I I can't even remember all the American conference teams, but they have teams all over the place. Like Pennsylvania with yeah. Temple and Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it it gets more convoluted, especially as this starts to happen, teams start to shuffle around. It it does get worse and worse. But uh Colt Guys, as we know, this is the domino effect from the Texas and Oklahoma move to the SEC. So as a supporter of the little guy this is always the goal, you know, for the smaller schools to, to move up to the bigger conferences, you know, bigger matchups, you know, higher pay, better recruits. This is the goal. And when I look at this, I can't help but look at, you know, conferences like the Mountain West, Conference USA. Are these schools going to be also moving up? I, I always talk about the University of Hawaii. Is there a shot for them to make it to the Pac-12? Because if they don't get out of these smaller group of five conferences, I, I don't know if these football programs will will exist down the line. 
Yeah, no, it's always a danger with Hawaii, especially now. They're stadium. They're waiting for a stadium. Right. So uh, definitely not not a great time to be a Hawaii fan, especially after that loss. I mean, like, what about the American Conference? Does it fold now? I mean, like, where do they go from here? More on that later. More on that later in fact or fiction. Okay. Um, but uh, <laughs> as you know, football season's in full swing now. Um, and so you've got all these companies that know there's going to be a lot more viewership. They're pushing out commercials like crazy. So uh, many of you guys probably, I talked about you a, a little bit before the show about these commercials. We're going to power rank these commercials. I've got, let's see, one, two, three, four, four commercials here. I, I'd just like to, you guys to power rank these commercials. They can be a collaborative list um, if you want. First one, uh, Fancy Like Applebee's. Uh, for those of you who haven't heard that one, I, I don't know what country singer it That's is. That's in the bottom five. It's it's that the one where it's like fancy ears. like Applebee's Get it on off. a Monday and Everything. then something Dixieland delight. Like it's awful. Um, <laughs> Careful. <laughs> there's Geico Geico scoop. There it is. Uh, no. You guys heard that one? Yes. It's the one where uh, who hasn't? They're like uh, what what is it? I, I practiced this before. Peanut chocolate, butter, chocolate, chocolate peanut, peanut butter, butter cookie, cookie dough, dough, French vanilla Oreo, or something like that. Oh, it's French scoop, vanilla Oreo, chocolate peanut butter cookie dough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So scoop, there's that there one. It the is. scoop. There it is from Geico. Okay. Uh, then there's the Biggie Bag Wendy's commercial. You guys explain <laughs> Wait, that. One. That is so hype. You explained that one to me before. It's just like awful. It's just awful. It's There's not awful. Rapping I'm about... pretty sure that's Migos back there. <laughs> is it Migos? That is hype. So anyways, there's that. And then there's the AT&T commercial where uh, they like the, the girl walks in and the guy has to flip the sign to be like, it's for existing customers and like <sighs> uh, yeah. So anyways, uh. how, those four. Where, what is your ranking for those four? Because we're going to have to be watching them the rest of the season potentially. Okay, coming in at number four for me is going to be the Applebee's one just because Wait, are we ranking four as the best or the worst? The four is dead last. Okay. Let me rethink that. Really? Well, what? I've never seen the Applebee's one. You haven't? It's awful. If this is going to be a collaborative list, I have that last two. The Applebee's one. Okay. I'll that, put that, it last. Doesn't that hurt your ears? He's not, he hasn't I seen haven't it. seen it. Oh. But I can't believe on what you I'm haven't. Hearing, it's I, everywhere. Yeah. It's awful. Dude, where have you been? I hate <laughs> it. <laughs> I'd put the bag alert one towards the bottom as well. What? Yeah, I hate that, that one too. Good. Oh, bag alert! That's what it is. They're like wrapping that with like auto tune. Major bag, bag alert. alert. Major bag alert. <laughs> yeah, that. I I would agree. Three is a good spot for that. I, I'm just gonna make an executive order. I'm gonna say the Geico scoop. There it is. That commercial puts a smile on my face every time it comes on. Aw, never it's not gets bad. old. It's <laughs> never not gets old. It's like it's like the Jake from State Farm. You can always rely on insurance companies for commercials. <laughs> commercials. That's it. But I, the food commercials suck. Okay, but I did know. you see the Taco Bell one? Okay, it's I a hate that chicken one. patty <laughs> inside of like a tortilla. Maybe is I'll... it a chicken sandwich <laughs> or is it a chicken taco? I think I'm. A, I'll do that in fact or fiction. How about that? Okay, you're just plugging all of our content for I... later in the show. <laughs> Stay tuned after this break. No, I'm just kidding. There's no break. Um, so, cr- cr- back to football. Crazy chaos happened in the college football landscape this uh, first couple weeks. Two top five teams have already fallen. So give me your college football playoff right now, what you think it'll be by the end of the season. Colt, we'll start with you. Who's one through four? All right, we'll start with number one, Bama. Okay, at this rate, they're going to be undefeated unless they somehow slip up versus Ole Miss, which I don't see happening because of how dominant they've been looking. And they'll probably beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. I've got Bama one, two, Oklahoma. I looked at their schedule. Doesn't look too hot. They'll probably run through the Big 12. Number three, I've got Oregon. I say they get a key win at UCLA, and they just had the huge win against Ohio State this past weekend. I've got Oregon at number three, and then number four, Cincinnati. 
Okay? Uh, knew I that think, one was coming. I think everyone's going to beat each other up at the top. When we're talking about the SEC, I think A&M will eventually lose to a whole bunch of these teams. Florida will lose. They play Bama this weekend. I, I think Iowa, they look good now, but tell me that in seven weeks from now. And so I think Cincinnati will sneak in there, especially because they're probably not going to play a top five team to get there. All right. They have the game against Notre Dame on the schedule. Don't forget about that Yeah, one. but they almost lost to Toledo this You're past You're right. Week. Notre Dame does not look fantastic. Right. Hayden? All right. So I've got the same two teams at the top, Bama and Oklahoma. I think they will go undefeated. Oklahoma got a pretty good scare from Tulane a couple weeks ago, yeah. but I, I think that was more a credit to Tulane than Oklahoma being terrible. And number three, I've got Clemson. I do think North Carolina and Virginia Tech are actually going to turn in pretty good seasons, which in turn will help Clemson get in. Yeah. And does Clemson play, do they have any more? Do they play Notre Dame or any? any? Uh, they play UConn. I don't think oh, they play help. Notre Dame. I, I was uh, listening to uh, the college football podcast they do, um, and Paul Feinbaum was talking about Clemson and how like they desperately need Virginia Tech mm-hmm. to be good. They desperately need North Carolina to be good. And I think on the rest of their schedule, they don't even cross paths with either of them in the regular season. So wow. they're going to need like somebody within division to be good. Well, and I, like Colt said, I think we're going to see a lot of chaos this year. And for that reason, I think that'll help Clemson. And at number four, I'm finally going to ha- hop on the Pac-12 <laughs> playoff hype train, which I've been off forever. I think Oregon does get in. I do think they'll trip up once. I do. Yeah, But I think they'll to. still get in because I think Georgia... I've been very adamant about this. They're going to lose two games. They'll lose one in the regular season. They ain't beating Bama. Yeah. Ohio State, that team is not a playoff team. Uh, and Cincinnati, they might have an outside shot if they beat Notre Dame in Indiana and manage to dominate the rest of their schedule. Then they might kind of be that flux team in the mix. But for now, my four is Bama, Oklahoma, Clemson, Oregon. Yeah, Bama, Oklahoma. Those are my first two as well. Uh, I also have the Ducks slipping in there. And I think, uh, same thing that you said, I think they're going to lose one more throughout the season. I don't know who they will lose it to, but then I think they finish on top. I think UCLA being good helps them tremendously. Um, And then my fourth one, uh, I I thought about Clemson. I thought about Ohio State. I thought about Georgia. For Georgia, Georgia hasn't done anything to impress me. They they did have the win over Clemson, and I know that seems outrageous to say, oh, they've done nothing to impress me, but they won 10-3, no offensive touchdowns, uh, they kicked a field goal, all of a sudden Stetson Bennett is vying for the job again, and we all know Stetson Bennett is not a championship caliber quarterback, and so all of a sudden they've got controversy at quarterback at Georgia, they just can never seem to pick the right guy, I think that's going to be a problem. I think Clemson is going to lose one more, I think they, they are soft this year, and I, I was saying it before they played Georgia. And so, honestly, I think that game is not going to have any real playoff implications by the time this rolls around. I've got Iowa slipping at number four, just for chaos' sake. Um, I, I think they've looked really good. And people forget that Iowa under Kirk Ferentz was one win away. Michigan State, LJ Scott poked it in the end zone and, and ruined Iowa's chances. So, that's my four. We've all got Pac-12 teams, and look at how the optimism has shifted for us. All it took was one weekend. Uh, so now we go to our week three picks. We've got some solid top 25 matchups here. First one, number one, Alabama at number 11 ranked Florida. Hayden, set the table for us on this pick. As much as we've been fawning over Alabama, they did look human last week, or at least their, their twos did. They were up 31, nothing against Mercer. Colt warned us, look out for the little, little guy, whatever. But their <laughs> their twos did give up 14 points. Ooh. Nah, but Florida, 
They run a two QB system. We've seen Emory Jones and then Anthony Richardson has made a few appearances. So that could you know, give Alabama a couple different looks. But I just think, once again, Alabama's just so high-powered on offense, and they just look like an NFL team out there when they're playing everyone else. So I'm going to take the tide. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people have a tendency to compare this Florida team to last year's team. I thought last year's team was way better. This team is going to get exposed for not being a top 15 team, and I think Bama's going to roll over them. Cool. Roll tide. Give me Bama, okay? Bama is ranked number one. Florida's ranked number 11. You may think, oh, this is a top 25 matchup. No, it's not. Bama is like in its own ranking system. They're way better than any team in the top 25. It's a completely different matchup. I got Bama winning huge. All right, we got 22 Auburn at number 10 Penn State. I believe this is college game day. It um, is. Going to be hype. I, I, is it a whiteout? It is a whiteout. It is it's a whiteout. It's the whiteout? Yeah. Okay, that is that is even more hype. Cole, who you got in this and one? And that's why Penn State wins, is because it's a whiteout and because it's in, in, because it's in prime time. I mean, that's the difference right now. If you look at the spread, I believe Penn State is favored by th- like six or three in this. It's really that home field advantage that's going to carry them through. Uh, they've done it in the past with Ohio State coming to town, and I think they do it again to Auburn. All right. Hey. Uh, Bri- the Brian Harson era is off to a great start at Auburn. They've... Already dropped 60 points twice, yeah. albeit against Alabama State and Akron. But they have looked really good. Penn State has already already has one top 25 win. We all know that. And they beat an actual really good team in Ball State, who is one of the better MAC teams this yeah. past week. Destroyed underrated them. Win. Underrated win. Wow, Very under, the little guy underrated win. Look at you. <laughs> yeah. But I am going to take Penn State at home in, in a close game. Yeah, I, I would also agree. Uh, I don't want this to become a freezing cold take because the clean sweep on Penn State picks. But uh, uh, if we did get on freezing cold takes, that would be amazing. The Twitter account. Yeah, let's do it. But, uh, but yeah, Penn State. I think Penn State wins. They've got the home field advantage. They looked very impressive versus Wisconsin. I think Sean Clifford is, is really pulling this offense together, James Franklin. And I think uh, Auburn, they looked really good. But uh, at the end of the day, they played a solid Mac school, and, and or Penn State played a small Mac school. Yeah, Auburn did not even do that. They played Akron, so so I think Penn State will expose Auburn for not having that that battle test uh, early. I don't think Auburn's a top twenty-five team either. Uh, then we have one that I think is sliding under the radar, but I want to get your guys' thoughts on it. We have Tulane at number seventeen, Ole Miss. Tulane took Oklahoma down to the wire, so certainly the Rebels could be on upset alert. I'm, I'm going to take Ole Miss. Matt Corral, I know we haven't talked about Heismans yet this year, but I think at, if the season ended today, Matt Corral would probably win the Heisman. He has lit, I believe it was Austin PA last week, and he lit up Louisville as well. Yeah. Six touchdowns, no picks, already almost 700 yards through two games. And as much as I really love Tulane and the whole wave connection there, I'm, I'm going to take Ole Miss. All right, Cole. You, you guys know I want to take the little guy, and I probably should. But after seeing Ole Miss on Labor Day against Louisville, there's no way I can do that. I feel like Ole Miss is the second best team in the SEC, and I don't think they lose to Tulane. Well, you know what? Uh, there's a reason I brought up this game, right? Uh, I think Tulane pulls off an upset here, and I think it's because there will be zero defense in this game, and both offenses are just going to go crazy, and the Tulane offense showed they can keep up with the best of them against Oklahoma. Oklahoma typically doesn't have a very good defense. Ole Miss, they played well against Louisville. Louisville is one of the worst Power 5 teams, I think, this year. 
Uh, and I think, I, dare I say, I think Tulane will beat Ole Miss, and then I think Ole Miss has a pretty good shot at beating Bama the week after, which is a pretty egregious take. So Tulane's better than Bama, is what you're saying? <laughs> Transitive wow. property. Put it on the bulletin board. <laughs> Uh, then we have a game in our very own, I guess not in our backyard, but uh, with, with the college we go to, number 19, Arizona State, traveling to play number 23, BYU, uh, who is coming off of an impressive victory over Utah. Will it be too straight for the Cougs? No. ASU has looked a little shaky, to say the least. They haven't really put things together. They've had some issues in the passing game. Game one, it was penalties. Game two, they just weren't clicking. But the adjustments they made at halftime against UNLV last week when they won, they absolutely smothered that team, and they looked like they weren't even... It looked like a college team versus a high school team. Yeah. And I really do believe it's, if ASU can play a complete game, they will dominate BYU. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I, I think ASU will be a little shaky. They're playing... A, a very physical football team, very well-coached football team. Kalani Sataki. Yeah. But, you know, BYU, they looked inspired last week, played one of their best games under Kalani Sataki. They looked great, but I just think ASU finds a way to win. Everything in my gut says take BYU to win this game. Literally everything. They look good against uh, Utah. They won the Holy War. I mean, BYU looks like a complete football team, a complete program. And ASU looked really shaky in the first half last weekend. But, man, it's really hard to pick against the Sun Devils, especially when you go here let's go. and you're rooting for ASU to win. So, you know what? Let's do it. ASU beats BYU. Book it. I already had ASU picked here, but I can't pick against it even if I was going to pick BYU. I got to go with this. Arizona State beating BYU on the road. Um, and I, I think that... BYU is a team that typically gets good wins early in the season under Kalani Sataki, and then they they can never seem to string multiple together. They can always get one impressive one or, or like a solid win and then, a, and then a decent win, but they can never string those back-to-back great wins together at BYU. And I also think Arizona State, uh, I, I don't look too much into what they did against UNLB. It looked a little shaky in the first half, but second half, like you said, the adjustments, they came out, they played better. Uh, what concerned me more was how BYU played against Utah, but... I do think that that was a little fluky in its own right. I think ASU comes out and wins. And may I add, one take I heard from Jeff Van Raphorst, former ASU quarterback, was that when teams play Utah, Utah, quote-unquote, tenderizes the meat because they play so physical. <laughs> what? They play that, very that physical is, and... That is slightly out of pocket. I... <laughs> Can we get that on a billboard? I want that on a post. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Tenderize like, the meat. You know, they play hard and... I understand. Yeah, so I think... They might be, yeah. You guys, you guys know where. Anyways, I'm we got a, we got a juicy week in college football this week. Uh, let's throw out real quickly uh, our upset picks. So, uh, Hayden, <laughs> skip me. Skip, okay, we'll skip Hayden. I'll throw out my upset pick. I've got Purdue beating Notre Dame. I have that happening. I think Notre Dame looks so shaky against Toledo. Had to happen. I've got Purdue getting the the solid little upset victory. I got West Virginia tenderizing the meat over <laughs> Virginia Tech. Okay, Virginia Tech lost tight end James Mitchell. They played Middle Tennessee, so Middle Tennessee would have been the one tenderizing. 
No, Virginia. Last week. I know, from last week. Oh. Because Utah tenderized BYU before they play ASU this week is the point of what Hayden Someone's going to be tenderizing someone. <laughs> so, okay, we've got we to win I got for... West Virginia beating Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech lost their starting <laughs> tight end, James Mitchell, out for the season due to a knee injury. Yeah. I think Virginia Tech is going to lose this one. West Virginia is actually favored by three. I saw Which that. is crazy. I saw Because that. Virginia Tech's ranked number 15 and West Virginia is unranked. West Virginia is also the home team in this one. Give me the tenderizing of the meat. All right. All right. I'm going to take Indiana over Cincinnati, and I'm not going to explain why. Uh, yeah. let, let me just no, say, Indiana's should. quarterback play is very good. And yeah, yeah. I, think, <laughs> I agree. I think Cincinnati, they just haven't played anybody yet. They've looked dominant. Don't get me wrong. They look like the number, what is it, eight team in the country. Mm-hmm. But Indiana's just a step above anyone they've played, and I think Indiana will pull a shocker. Fair pick. Uh, let's kick it over to Colts Corner. We're going to get a little little update here. One for the little guy. All right. Speaking of update, this is now eight wins for the FCS over the FBS so far this season. Okay. This past weekend, Duquesne uh, got a W against Ohio. And, of course, as we mentioned, Jacksonville State beat Florida State. So that's your little FCS one for the little, little guy update. But the, the team I want to feature this week is the Thundering Herd, okay, of Marshall. They're 2-0. Okay, 49-7. Randy vic- Moss University. Yes, uh, Randy U. 49-7 victory over Navy in week one, okay, and 44-10 victory over NC Central. In that Navy game, okay, Marshall only passed the ball, or only possessed the ball for 18 minutes, okay, because Navy, right, has that triple option, so they were possessing the ball for, what is that, two or three times more yeah. than, than Marshall that game. In the second game against NC Central, over 700 yards of total offense. This team is being slept on, okay, because it looks real easy for these guys, especially with, you know, returning QB Grant Wells. Okay, Marshall last season ranked as high as number 16 in the rankings. And so I think they're, they're returning enough guys. They have a system. They introduce fireworks after touchdowns at their home stadium. I, I think the fireworks go. are going off. I think that could be the difference. Like <laughs> if you add fireworks after touchdowns at your home stadium, it just equals to wins. And Automatically. So I, I think this is a team we could be sleeping on. I got UTSA versus Marshall in the Conference USA Championship game. And honestly, if Cincinnati makes the playoff, I think the winner of UTSA Marshall could be, you know, in the hunt for the New Year's Six. Wow. That'd mm. be a rare, a rare New Year's Six bid yes, sir. from that conference. Uh, we'll jump forward to our Pac-12 picks. We'll start with some stories in this little newsletter we got queued up for you. Uh, Clay Helton, as we know, as Hayden mentioned, he was fired from University of Southern California. What is Clay Helton's legacy? Oh, probably being on the hot seat from the minute he took that job. I mean, he had a pretty decent amount of success. He won the South once or twice, I believe. Yeah. Took home a Pac-12 championship, won a Rose Bowl. Had some good seasons, had some some bad seasons. Yeah, five and seven season, if yeah, I remember. Yeah, that, that is just unacceptable at, at USC. I really did think that they would have eventually turned things around this year, but... If you do follow college baseball, he kind of reminds me of Tracy Smith at ASU, just a guy who was good, but given the expectations of the program, just could never get it on par with the expectations, and they just decided it was it was time to make a change. Yeah. To use your words, I think it is a matter of expectations versus reality with USC. I feel the same thing with a team like Texas and even like Nebraska Tennessee. and Miami. I don't know if USC will ever return to their dominance like they were in the early 2000s under Pete Carroll. And so I don't know if that should be expected of a guy like Clay Helton, 
But yeah, in 2018-2019, they had a combined 13-12 and 12 record. That is not good for a team, especially one that a lot of people consider to be a top 25 program every single year. And then they can't even win their division in the Pac-12. So I, I do think, Clay Helton, it was time. It's kind of weird about the timing of it all, but I think it was bound to happen. Yeah, uh, USC does not uh, do firing coaches at the, at the right time very well. They just <laughs> fire them whenever. Uh, it's kind of like what UConn did. UConn just fired their coach after like week one, week two. Uh, but anyways, uh, Pac-12 chugging along. Uh, some teams taking L's, some teams winning games. At this point in the season, uh, which teams in the Pac-12 are still alive and in the playoff hunt technically as, as we continue the Pac-12 playoff drought? I think so, really we're down to three already. If, if I'm being honest, Let's hear Oregon, who I think has pretty good chance of getting in there if they don't really shoot themselves in the foot, which they've been known to do in the past. UCLA, who was kind of a lot of people's dark horse this year, and they already have one really impressive one under their belt. If they run the table, they can get there. And ASU, just by, you know, by the fact they're, they're still undefeated, I think they probably have the lowest chance just because they don't really have that signature win. And they do have a pretty easy conference slate. Um, you know, now that the USC and Washington games are devalued, it's really going to be beating BYU and beating UCLA because yeah. they don't have Oregon either. So, we'll be at that UCLA game. Yes, sir. Exactly. So, But those three teams, I think, still have a shot. So you just named all the 2-0 teams. Do you? I mean, I still think there's a shot for some of these one-loss guys. Like when you look at Oregon State, right, they lost to Purdue. <laughs> Purdue still... <laughs> Technically undefeated. Okay, listen. Stanford <laughs> lost to Kansas State. Kansas State is still technically undefeated. So, I mean, if the name of this segment is greater than 0%, I think we got to give that a shot. You know, I, I think anyone that, okay, fine. No, anyone that's 0-2 is done. That's Washington, that's Cal. And I think Washington State, too, because you and can't Washington lose State. to Utah State. Yeah, yeah, Washington, and, yeah. Cal, Washington State. Um, that eliminates, who's the other team that's 0-2? Arizona. Like, Colorado's <laughs> a good loss. I mean... To a to and M this past weekend. Yeah, but I still think like just looking at a team, does Colorado have the talent to win every game in the South? No. no. Does Oregon State have the talent to win every game in the North? No. But they do have a chance. Okay. That's what it's about. So Colts, Colts, all about the little guy, even on a larger scale. Yes, sir. So I mean, that's that's very true. We got to keep an eye on those three teams. We'll certainly provide updates as the season goes. Hopefully, they get a win. Let's get to our week three picks. Uh, Hayden, I know you've been tracking the records uh, for each of our predictions thus far. Why don't you give us an update there? Miraculously. We are all 14 and 8. Wow. Even though right. we've had very different picks. Colts picked Hawaii. He's 0 and 2 on Hawaii picks. Oh, Budge has picked uh, but you picked Stanford to beat Kansas State. I picked I picked U of A to beat San Diego State. But somehow we are all 14 and 8. So all we're right. all tied. It all cancels out. This week we've got four FCS games against Pac-12 opponents. As we've learned this year, uh, it's not a guaranteed win uh, even in the Pac-12. First, uh, I'm just going to list off rapid fire, and then you guys go ahead and tell me uh, if you think that one of these is going the, the way not of the Pac-12. So we've got Idaho at Oregon State, Sacramento State at California, Northern Arizona at U Arizona, and Stony Brook at number four, Oregon. Three locks in there. Oregon State over Idaho. Um, I can't. Oregon over Stony Brook. I, I think I know what your non-lock will be. Yeah. <laughs> who, who else was in there? Sac, Sac State, State and Cal. Cal will beat Sac State. And then we have the battle for the number two team in Arizona. <laughs> uh, 
depending on if you calculate uh, NAIA, you know, Arizona Christian could probably beat either of those schools, but <laughs> man, that is going to be a barn burner. Two 0-2 teams. <laughs> I think this could potentially be a really fun game. I think game. it's going to come down to the wire. I really do. And I do think U of A is going to win. I think it'll be by one score, and it's going to be close, and the fans are going to flood the field. Tucson is going to be throwing a party. The 14-game losing streak will end, barely, <laughs> and maybe the Wildcats will slip into the top 25 because they have been receiving yeah. votes, which is also my I Hayden Hayers. Uh, yeah, Madison Blevins is the one who ranked Took them. Took the biggest L in at sports. Number, at number 21. <laughs> Guys, NAU is not a bad team. I mean, their two losses are pretty good by FCS standards. I mean, I believe it was Sam Houston State. The defending champions. Right. And then they have South uh, Dakota. Okay. Who, who, who lost to Kansas. Decent. but They lost to Kansas. But Arizona's yeah, arguably but no better than They barely Kansas. lost to Kansas. I, so, I think, yeah. I, I agree. I've got NAU winning. I'm going to do wow. it. I've got NAU beating Arizona. Is that considered the team up north over here? No. No, they're not even relevant enough to no. be nah. considered that. <laughs> they're just not U of A. So we're everyone's cool with them. Yeah, they're the lumberjacks. So we're homies with NAU. Yeah, they're like the little brother. <laughs> I met some people from NAU once. They were very nice. Oh really? So, yeah. You should, you should invite them over. All right. I mean, I, they, seem, <laughs> they seem like some chill, chill people. Anyways, uh, next we've got uh, minutes. It's a couple big ones. Uh, there is a conference game in there. Let's start with that one. USC playing their second conference game already. Uh, it's USC at Washington State. You cool. already know where I'm going with this. Yeah, I know. Let Colt, you go first. Washington State. Okay, Jaden De- Delora is legit. Okay, the- they have a little bit of continuity now with Delora because now he's been in for one and a half games. And so, and I think USC, new coach, you know, the turmoil. It's just uh, going to be this, like the coordinator this week, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, Dante uh, Williams, I believe. But Dante this, Williams. This is a lot of stuff to process if you're USC. This is just like. My, uh, my girlfriend just texted me, NAU sucks. They're not even in our league. <laughs> <laughs> Get her on the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Madeline. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, I don't think USC is going to just be there mentally because of what's happened this week. And their season is busted. So I got Delora and Rolo running through USC. Yeah, Hayden, you, you go you go first. I think you're thinking the same thing I am. Well, I think the Polynesians are going to come up big in this game because Va Malapai is the starting running back at USC. Let's go! Uh, I think this game will be close, but I think USC wins. I think... Man, if they lose, it's gonna it's really the situation out there is gonna crater because Washington State has looked like the worst one of the worst teams in the Pac twelve, if I'm being quite honest. So I do think USC slightly edges Wazoo on the Palouse. I also have USC winning, and I think it's a myth and a misconception that USC is not going to come out and perform after they fire a coach. I think they have so much talent that you give them any sort of direction, even under a bad head coach. I would argue at this point, USC doesn't even need a head coach. They have performed better when they've had okay, injuries. Okay, relax, buddy. Like when they've had Ed Orgeron <laughs> and, and just random chaos the front office. They've somehow seemed to string it together. Even when Sarkeesian was fired midseason, that was when that they came out and Helton actually got them to a pretty good record that year. So I've got USC winning this one pretty handily. Uh, but it's non-conference game. We've got a big one, Minnesota at Colorado. Man, that non-conference schedule does not get easier for the Buffaloes. Or the schedule for that matter at all, because then they have ASU and Oregon after that. So I am going to take Colorado. Minnesota played Ohio State pretty tough week one, but they almost lost to Miami of Ohio. And, of course, the Buffs just put on a clinic on defense. They held Texas A&M to one touchdown, so... I'm going to roll with the Buffs. I've got Colorado, too. Minnesota lost their starting running back in the Ohio State game. Yeah. Uh, Colorado looked good this past weekend. Give me the Buffs. I was tempted to pick uh, Minnesota, but 
Colorado's defense looked so good. And that linebacker, um, Landham, is that his name? He looked so Landman. good against Nate yeah, Landman. Landman. Yeah. And, and he was questionable, but he's playing. So having that leader on their defense will be huge. I've got Colorado winning. Next game, definitely a sleeper pick, Arkansas State at Washington. Well, I think we can all agree that Washington has probably had the most disappointing start to the season. That is a, maybe a massive understatement. And Arkansas State, they've been one of the better Sunbelt teams over the last decade, seemingly. Yeah. And they just dropped 50 on Memphis. Think about it, they lost, but they dropped 50. However, I just think if Jimmy Lake loses this game, he's done. I, I think if they I start 0-3, he's done. And they're going to just move on, bite the bullet for this season, and already go get going in a, in a new direction. But since Jimmy Lake needs this Back win worse than anyone else, possibly in the country, I'm going to take the Huskies. This is the stop the bleeding game. And I think UW gets it done, puts the Band-Aid on you know, this season so far, and moves on, gets the W versus Arkansas State. Very well said. I agree with everything you said. Washington getting the dub. We've got another tough one. Utah at San Diego State. The Pac-12 killers. Oh, man. I was about to say, San Diego State, they just posted a stat. They have won more Pac-12 games against Pac-12 teams than, like, a couple Pac-12. I can't remember who it was, if it was Oregon State or Arizona, but they have more Pac-12 wins than some Pac-12 teams in the they're last two years. They're making their case to, to join the Pac-12. They're 6-2 they're and two against Pac-12 teams in, like, the last 10 years, I think it was. Yeah. Which is, like, the best percentage of any non-Pac-12 team. Okay, that's, that's what it was. That was the stat I saw. Okay. They're just a Pac-12 killing machine, but I think Utah's going to come into this game ticked off. Uh, it's going to be a physical game. It's going to be a lot of running... A lot of yards on the ground, but I do think the Utes are going to get back in the win column. I agree, Hayden. Utah lost the Holy War last week. This will be the resurrection. I got Utah beating San Diego State. This is where I separate myself from you guys in the standings. I've got San Diego State pulling off the win <laughs> over Utah. Uh, two, a game between what would have been two toilet teams, but Stanford won a game last week, so I don't know what it is now. Stanford at Vanderbilt. I think Stanford pretty easily. Vanderbilt, that offense, man. Scored three points against East Tennessee State and Agreed. then just barely yeah. beat a really bad Colorado State team by Colorado three State, points. who just got whipped by an FCS school, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Not Vanderbilt good. is basically on par with, like, the middle to lower tier FCS schools. So yeah. I think Stanford is going to dominate this game. Agreed. Stanford's going to win, but how fun would it be, though, if Vandy won this game? That would <laughs> be, be awful. It would just be awful look for the Pac-12. And then Stanford would just run things in conference like UCLA. Uh, then we have the last game, Fresno State at number 13, UCLA. Does Chip Kelly get it done? Yeah, I think I think just because UCLA, and I mentioned this in the in the week one, week zero preview actually against Hawaii, given the nature of UCLA's failures in the non-conference in previous seasons, they're just they're not going to get caught sleeping, especially since Fresno State has looked so good. Yeah. So I do think UCLA will come in adequately prepared. And they'll be a really good Fresno State team. I'm a huge Mountain West guy. I want to say Fresno State, but because I'd rather have UCLA ASU be the college game day in a few weeks, <laughs> I'm gonna go UCLA. All right, fair pick. I also have UCLA. I think uh, Chip Kelly's leaving that non-conference trouble behind him. We're gonna rotate now to Hayden's corner for some Hayden's haters. Hayden, you'll start at the top of the minute, and you'll have a minute to go. All go right. Ahead. Well, I'm gonna go a little bit off script here. Um, just gonna. Say some things about the AP poll, which I think lost all of its credibility this week 
and just prove to us why we probably shouldn't even have rankings until the college football playoff rankings roll Whoa. around. Agreed. The Arizona Wildcats coming off of 13 straight <laughs> losses and getting and losing to BYU suddenly pop in the others receiving votes category at the bottom of the AP poll. What? And people are thinking, what the heck? Arizona five votes? And then all of a sudden, Madison Blevins, a beat reporter in Knoxville, Tennessee, got just absolutely exposed because she ranked Arizona 21 <laughs> and did not rank ASU. And this just ties into the whole larger national thing that's been going on for years. People do not know the difference between ASU warning. and U of A. It is absolutely embarrassing. And guess what? They just got blown out by San Diego State, and they went up in the rankings. Arizona had six <laughs> votes after that. Uh, just this this would hilarious. earn you an E in your journalism class. If you don't know the difference between Arizona and Arizona State, you should lose your media credentials, and I think the AP poll is screwed Agreed. because of that. Agreed. Really bad weekend for the AP poll, to say the least. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's that for Aiden's haters. Uh, that's going to come up in uh, Fact or Fiction, believe it or not. So, Fact or Fiction, let's get it started. I've got some good ones for you boys today. Fact or Fiction, one of the four newcomers to the Big 12, so BYU, UCF, Houston, Cincinnati, will win the Big 12 before 2030. Fact. 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 So who's it going to be? UCF. Cincinnati. All right. Some nuance Maybe here. BYU. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That would be huge for BYU. Yeah. Uh, fact or fiction, another FCS upset will occur in week three, which will tie the most since 2017. Fact. Fact. It's happened in week zero, week one, week two. It happens again. All right. Fair enough. Fact or fiction, the head coach, being the head coach at USC is the most desirable job in the country right now. That might be the coldest fiction I've ever heard. Fiction. Fact. What? What is? What is this sudden... Yeah. The most desirable job in the country. Every it's literally just a, a, I don't know what to call it. It's like a graveyard for coaches. They go there and they're aspiring, and it just all it never works That's out. Fair they, enough. That's they're fair trying enough. to find the next Pete Carroll for the last fifteen years, and it hasn't worked. They literally had Lane Kiffin, who's proving to be a great coach. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and just I feel like instantly these coaches get hired, and they're right away they're on the hot seat. And I just think the expectations are too much. And I, I, it's a fair I, point. Yeah, I don't think it's a desirable job, desirable job at all. Fair point. All right, fact or fiction? The American Conference will collapse and disband. That's a fact. Fact. Okay, fair enough. Uh, fact or fiction? Winner of the Hawaii San Jose State game this week whoa, will whoa. win the West Division in the Mountain West. Fact. Fiction. Book it. University of Hawaii wins the West. <laughs> they win all their games after this. They have two games against New Mexico State, by the way. That's already two. Let's see. You know. Yeah, they're winning it all. You know, what's funny is before the podcast, or before the show, uh, Colt told me, I'm not even going to talk about Hawaii in this show. <laughs> so yeah, but the, the second you bring it up, Hawaii's going that. undefeated from here on out. <laughs> all right, fact or fiction, Florida State coach Mike Norvell is fired before Washington's Jimmy Lake. Fiction. Wait. Yeah, fiction. Ooh, I say fact. Okay. I mean, you really? can't lose to Jacksonville State. Are they both fired? Before the end of the season. No. I, I think Norvell will get another season just because it, it's been such a struggle there for so mm. uh, for a few years now. And he's real. It's that was a bigger rebuild than I think people anticipated. That program was in trouble when he took over. Willie it. Taggart. Yeah. Willie Taggart, Jimbo Fisher, they left the program in shambles. And I think that's a long rebuild. But Jimmy Lake, 
had the keys to a Corvette in Washington. and He crashed it. He crashed it. It's burning. It blew up. And if they lose this week, he's done. Agreed. That's Fact. Fair point. What's up? That's a fair point. Okay. <laughs> Fact or fiction, you, Arizona, take, take three. You, Arizona, receives an AP poll vote in week four. Fiction. Fiction. Because right. they cleaned it up and there was all the people who voted for U of A claimed there was a glitch in the system. That's a lie. Which is a complete lie. But I think since it became such a national story, it won't happen again. Fair enough. USC, fact or fiction, USC ends up back in the top 25 at some point this season. Fiction. Ooh, yeah, fiction. They lose this week to Wazoo, so yeah, it doesn't happen. Right. Fact or fiction, the Pac-12 champion will have less than two losses. Fact. Less than two losses? Meaning like one or zero? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. fact. Fact. Okay. And fact or fiction, Colt will go one for two during the spelling game today. Fiction. He's not getting mine. <laughs> really? I'm going to go fact. Did you see my screen, by the way? All right. I didn't see anything. Let's, okay. let's hop <laughs> so on over. About Speak that. of the devil. Let's go into spelling game. Uh, Hayden, you seem enthusiastic about yours, so yep. I'll go first and let you do the, okay. the grand finale. Gotcha. All right. Um, Cole, this one's it's doable. All right. We've got a freshman offensive lineman from U, Arizona. Leaf Magnuson. Leaf. Okay, so now people are calling their children off of plants, okay? Leaf. L. E, uh, that's correct so far. A, and that is incorrect. So you missed you missed your first letter. Okay, already. so okay, wait. I just want to speak to the parents. You're gonna name your child Leaf, but then not <laughs> spell Leaf correctly. Okay. There's another common spelling, but I don't know if you've heard it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just Hawaii. They don't. I've never met anyone named Leaf in my life. Okay, but... cool. Okay, so Leaf. Yeah. L, E. Did I get that right last that's time? That's correct. Yeah, you got that right. A. <laughs> You already said it. <laughs> okay, you already said A. L E Y? No, that's oh incorrect. My gosh. <laughs> it's L E I F, and then Magnuson wasn't even that hard. M A G N U S O N. So uh, it was Leaf. L E I F. I don't know what to tell you, Colt. L E I F. I threw you a bone. All right. Well, I'm not. <laughs> okay, now on to Hayden's, All right. Hayden's name. This is. Uh... Sorry, buddy. This this is brutal. So this is Cal's quarterback. We're giving you two chances, Colt. Yeah. How. How are you <laughs> Because I'm forgetting my initial train of thought. Okay. <laughs> so this this is a Cal quarterback from West Lynn, Oregon. Okay. Blake DeBishop. Blake DeBishop. Blake DeBishop. Okay. B. Yes. L. Mm-hmm. A. K. E. Nice. Okay. Flying we, colors. You nice. got Blake. Good job. We got well, Balake. Okay. <laughs> DeBishop. Yeah. Okay. So like Delora. So DeBishop. D yeah. E mm-hmm. B mm-hmm. I S Yep H Incorrect. Okay. Oh. Whoa. Yeah. So the H was wrong. I was gonna say H so okay. wrong. Let, me, let me just do Bishop. B I uh-huh. S C Wrong. <laughs> what? what is this? Blake the Bishop. D E B I S S and then Chop. C H O P. Oh, that's disgusting. The Bish Chop. Who who named that that name? My goodness. Oh my word. What is the descent of that? I'm curious actually. Descent. Yeah, where does De Bishop come from? I don't know. Slovakia. I guess we'll figure it out. We're gonna be doing a lot of research <laughs> in our mascot matchup this week. We pit all of the mascots of a conference against each other. This year we're doing the FCS. We are to the Ivy Leagues. We've got some fun ones. I know Hayden did some research before, so he'll help uh, clarify who some of these mascots are. We've got the Brown Bears, the Columbia Lions, the Cornell Big Red, 
the Dartmouth Big Green, the Harvard Crimson, just a lot of colors coming at us, <laughs> the Penn Quakers, the Princeton Tigers, and the Yale Bulldogs. Hayden, let's try and explain what the Big Red, the Big Green, the Crimson, all those mascots are for those schools. All right, so obviously their team is named after a color, <laughs> but uh, they have mascots. So we have the Cornell Big Red, okay. and if you're a fan of The Office, you would know that it's, it's a bear because Andy Bernard Andy went to Bernard. Cornell. Um, so, yes, Cornell is okay, a, bear. a bear. Harvard is a pilgrim. Just one pilgrim. Oh, one, okay. That, <laughs> and then Dartmouth might be the greatest mascot in the history of mascots. It's Keggy the Keg. It's a literal beer keg. <laughs> His name is Keggy. An Ivy League school. His mascot is a beer keg. Wow. So, we have two bears. We have the brown bear, the Cornell bear, the, the, a lion, a Quaker, and a pilgrim. Are those essentially the same thing? I mean, a Quaker, I think, is, is a person the of religious. the Quaker, the religion. But Quaker is on the oatmeal boxes. Oh, you're right. Let's just think of the oatmeal guy. Okay, so we have oatmeal guy versus the... Are they, a, do they even know what a keg is? Do they have kegs in Pilgrims? I don't know. Because if they did, they'd probably kill that keg pretty quick. I'd imagine. <laughs> I would imagine. They'd, uh, they they'd would, knock that one out. They would, yeah. But then, then I think the Quaker and the Pilgrim would be so intoxicated that they would be unable to compete. So I think that takes out three mascots right off the bat. Yep. Um, that's that's an easy call. Why don't we go to Dartmouth? Hammer, hammer <laughs> the keg. Probably because the acceptance rate's like five percent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't. I just can't believe that mascot is still there. I guess. Like I. I googled it. Unless I, Wikipedia, not Wikipedia. Unless Google was wrong. Yeah, cite your sources. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm uh, so now we have. This is five. There's five left. We okay. trended down pretty quickly. We just got to get it to four for the Twitter poll. Uh, we've got a bear, a bear, a lion, a tiger, and a bulldog. It's lions, tigers, and bears, quite literally. <laughs> Is there anything that separates the two bears wait, from wait, each other? Wait, 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 the bulldog. I mean, the bear, you're right. We'll have to make a differentiation. For the so wait, there's Twitter five poll? left or six? Five. Wait, where's the sixth? What do you What do you have? No, no, no. Okay, so we got the, the tigers of Princeton, the yeah. lions, the bulldogs. So who's taking out the, the okay. I there's think the two bears. Two, I think the two bears fight each other. We usually say they For cancel dominance. out. Right, but Can we just cancel work. them out and make it three? We yeah. could do that. I think I think that's what we gotta do. We've got a we've got a long standing tradition. If they're both the same thing, they just cancel out. Yep. That's how the real world works, yep. actually. So <laughs> really uh, for the Twitter poll on uh, at view underscore Pacific uh, will be between the Columbia Lions, the Princeton Tigers, and the Yale Bulldogs. Hayden, who won last week? The, the Elon Phoenix. The Elon Phoenix did triumph yes. over the William and Mary tribe. Yep. So that's who won the Colonial Conference. Uh, who does that have moving on? So so, so we've far? got the Grizzlies of Montana, the Campbell Fighting Camels, that's a lot. the Elon Phoenix, and then one of these three. Teams. One of these three. All right. So uh, that gets us to high tide. Another great show in the books. Week three. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts going into this week? Well, another another week of Pac-12 football is upon us, and ASU, we'll see what happens if, if they play anything. I always close the show off with an ASU take, and I really do think they have a chance to turn some heads this week. I agree. I think a win over BYU would, would be great. And then I think I'm actually more worried about the following week against Colorado, a team that has I just agree. been a thorn in the side of ASU. Ever since like 2015, when they started being good, 
and they have just had ASU's number. Yeah, I definitely. I, both of these next two games are scary. Yeah, as an ASU fan, and Colt and I are road tripping down to the UCLA game. Me so as well. You're going to the UCLA. Yep. Right, so we'll, we be there. we'll have to link up when we're there. But, For sure. But uh, college game day could literally go there. If UCLA wins out, they will be a top ten team. Arizona State will be top 15 at least if they went out. Yeah. So the hope is real, and we are just praying every game from here on out that we get a good result out of it. They're going to they're gonna go to Cincinnati, I feel like. I, I, I hope, hope they not, don't. But... Hopefully Cincinnati loses this week, and it kills that before oh, it even starts. Oh, exactly. So, yeah. Guys, I just wanted to mention Hawaii. I mean, this might be, like, the biggest game in the Todd Graham era so far. And I hate to say that a San Jose State versus UH game game. is a big game. Because, like, traditionally it shouldn't be. But, man, if Hawaii loses this, I think Todd Graham (laughs) should be on the hot seat. But I don't know how you can get rid of the head coach and the stadium and the uniforms. It's just like you can't change everything with this program. Wait, the uniforms. Yeah, they just switched over from Under Armour to Adidas. So That's this an improvement. Next, yeah. Nike, next stop? I hope so. But I think this could be the biggest game in UH football in the past three years. So wow. go Bows. Wow. Yeah, the reason I brought that up is that they're the last two West champions from, from 2019 and 2020. So yep. big game there. Big game. I'm a, you know, Oregon State's got an even bigger game, the Idaho game. <laughs> <laughs> Idaho, one of the few teams that was relegated to FCS play. I think they relegated themselves. Yeah, they did. They just like were like, we saw. (laughs) Which honestly, that's admirable. That's admirable. Right. I mean, they went like seven and three (laughs) in their first year in the Big Sky. So yeah, exactly. Anyways, that I think wraps it up for us. That all you guys have got to say. Yep. All right. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber, and I'm Colt Almodova. And with that, we wave goodbye.